but um, uh, see, uh, yeah. see your, 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 your legacy status here is you might have to have a couple more I know. because of don't that, worry so. we're f- Welcome to the Exploring Washington State podcast. Here's your host, Scott Cowan. Welcome back to this episode of the Exploring Washington State podcast. My guest today is Chelsea Dunkley. Chelsea is the co-founder of Diggs Co., along with your husband. And today we're going to be talking to Chelsea kind of about what Diggs Co. does and its short-term rental uh, housing and consulting and kind of your story. So Chelsea, welcome. Thank you for taking the time. And why don't you introduce yourself better than that to our audience? Yeah, will do. Thanks, Scott. Thanks for having me. Um, well, I'm I'm Chelsea. My husband and I operate Diggs Co., which is, as Scott mentioned, short-term vacation rentals. Um, we do consulting and co-hosting, which is similar to property management. And my husband is a full-time real estate agent, so we are kind of like the full spectrum of the transaction mm-hmm. to operation process for homes, but, um, he also does, um, you know, other investments and other primary residences and everything. So it's kind of a fun, fun thing to be in business with him. Um, a little about me, I'm from Colorado originally, actually, um, moved up here in 2004. Um, so you're not quite new status. You got to be here 20 years to get to I know. grandfathered in. So you're close. But I think, don't you think it it counts that I've been here now half my life? I feel like oh, that's really yeah. when that, you know, yeah, pendulum that does swings. Help. That does help. <laughs> but it's still a 20-year requirement. But yeah, so, okay. you're, you're, you're going to make Fair it. Enough. Be okay. Fair enough. I'll, I'll be here. Um, so yeah, so I, I came up in 2004 for school. I went to Seattle Pacific University. So let me interrupt um, you. Why yeah. why Seattle Pacific from Colorado? I, I think of Seattle Pacific and PLU and it is schools primarily that Washington State residents go to, just like there's probably schools in Colorado that are similar. So yeah. why what what was your reasoning? What from an academic standpoint? Or was it athletics um, or No, I actually came well, my I have family in, in the Yakima Canyon and um just coming up and visiting them. You do. I I loved coming to Seattle. I thought it was the coolest city and really kind of wanted to sprout my own wings a little bit, just launch on my own and have some independence. My other, my alternate school was CU Boulder, which, um, is beautiful. And I love that campus. Um, and I'm a Buffs fan, so I love that, but, um, um see, uh, see, your, 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 your legacy status here is you might have to have a couple more I know. because of don't that, worry. So. We're full blown Huskies. Now we are purple okay. all the way. So don't, okay. don't worry all about right. that. Um, but we, I mean, I, I just loved, I loved Seattle and, you know, I think when visiting my, my grandparents and my aunt and uncle, um, it just, it felt like home all the time, regardless of, you know, how often I had been here. So Mm -hmm. I chose Seattle Pacific. They came to my school. Um, I think I had a bunch of graduates and classes above me that came to that school and I just sort of zoned in on it. I'm sort of a all in type person. So once I Mm -hmm. had that in my head, I, I didn't even apply to any other schools. Um, and I, I ended up, I mean, my second choice was CU Boulder, but, um, ended up just getting in and, um, being excited about that. Academically, it's definitely a great school. They, um, 
they have, I, I was going to be in the music program originally. And then I realized I had, oh, really? had zero interest in a musical profession <laughs> that wouldn't mm-hmm. involve, you know, obviously being famous, which I was really close. Um, not, not at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, you know, I didn't want to be a teacher. I didn't want to do any of that. So I ended up doing, a, um, the obvious route, which is a major in Spanish and European studies, which I use absolutely zero of now today. I can see the correlation between music and no, I can't. That's, a, that's a, okay. That's a, so that's a, not that it's bad. I don't be like that, but like, so you go thinking you're going to be in the music program and you mm-hmm. end up in, in Spanish and in mm-hmm. European studies. What was this the, was my, what was the inspiration oh, there? Oh, my little romantic heart just thought, I'm going to travel the world. I'm going to see everything. Oh crap. How am I going to do this? I have to study something in Europe. And the Mm -hmm. options at the time were European studies, Spanish or European studies. I want to say French. And I, I took Spanish. I was in um, the international baccalaureate program in in middle school and uh, in a Spanish program in high school. And so I thought, well, I already have a little bit of a leg up there. We'll just do that route and went to Spain for a summer. And that was beautiful. I did a semester in London and traveled Europe. So I hit my goals there, but in life that really didn't pan out too much at all. (laughs) So let me just, let me jump ahead. What was your first job out of college then? Um, Commercial real estate. Yeah. I could see that European (laughs) studies really helped you with that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So this is, this is a, a message to the youth. <laughs> Maybe plan a little bit better and don't put all your eggs in one basket. Oh, Diversify yeah. your, your portfolio, so to speak. So, Cause I also have a real estate background. Uh, I have to ask, cause I, jo- this is what I jokingly say, you know, when you were a little kid, when I was a little kid, when everybody was a little kid, they didn't yeah. play, you know, we played, you know, Cowboys and Indians or, or whatever, right? Nobody played real estate agent in their backyard. Nobody said, no. welcome to my open house playhouse. Please come in and have a cookie. Please. May I, may I show you the, you know, may I show you my two bedroom tree house with right. a rope swing? Nobody, nobody. So I jokingly say we all kind of fail our way into real estate because nobody plans to go into it. That's <laughs> Pretty accurate. <laughs> you know, I think it'd be really funny to see, you know, some little kid dressed up like like a real estate agent, you know, with a little mock briefcase or something and going, hi, welcome mm-hmm. to my Playmobil. May I take you to right. tour my treehouse in my car? Can we pedal over here? Um, I mean, you're or nowadays not wrong we go there. in our own cars. Yeah. <laughs> right. So nowadays we right. go in our own cars. So the kid has to bring his big wheel over to drive over to the tree to go up and right. open the lockbox in the tree. Anyway, right. Exactly. How yeah, did I you mean- go? Yes. It's a, it's so a, it's you, a leap. How, how did the commercial door open? <laughs> well, I think you're, you're a product of your environment, right? So my, okay. my dad is a commercial broker. My grandfather oh, okay. is a commercial broker. Okay. And I, it's one of those things I think no one expected me to go in it. I, I didn't have like the familial pressures of you're going to take on the family business. There was absolutely zero of that. In fact, my dad tried to talk me out of getting into commercial real estate when I first said I had this job. And he said, Ooh, I really don't know that you want to do this. But 2008 Chelsea was a very different version than 2022 Chelsea. So, you know, I, I just, I think I was, and also it was 2008. So I'm looking at this, I'm graduating from college. 
I'm looking around me, everything's collapsing, everybody's getting, you know, kicked out of there. And for me, you know, I was in commercial real estate. So my tenants were not losing their homes, they were losing their businesses. So it was, Mm -hmm. you know, I think I was kind of like, oh, I got to snag this job before I don't have an opportunity. Um, And it ended up honestly being the most amazing experience. I worked for a boutique company um, in downtown Bellevue and my direct supervisor, my boss, she was, she's probably one of the smartest people I've ever met to this day. So I learned more from that job that, and I was there for, I think six or seven years. Um, I learned more from that job, um, probably than any other job that I've had. So it's been, it was good. It was good. And you, you pull from all those things. So you were there in commercial real estate for six or seven years. So we're up to 2015 or so with the economy was, had, kind of improved mm-hmm. yeah I mean it, it did I, I got into real estate in 06 so you know okay I, I jumped on the roller coaster right before the crash and, yeah uh, and uh you know you don't know what you don't know so you just do what you do and you you know you, I watched a lot of people that I was like well they seemed really successful look they had they were driving that Mercedes and they had a Lexus and a, and a Corvette and where'd they go They're working at I Starbucks know. I know Starbucks. What? And, and then other people were just, you know, blissfully doing well during the, during, because no matter what people are buying and selling real estate and, you know, no matter what the market's going up or market's going down, there's still transactions to be, to be had and to adapt. Yes. Yeah. Did you, did you meet your husband because of work? I did. So actually I met him. I'll, I'll back up a little bit. Um, we met in 2007. I was a junior in college um, finishing my junior year. And it was like, I can't even tell you how stereotypical that was for SPU. Um, the ring by spring or your money back was the, Uh the unofficial tagline of the school. Um, so I definitely fell into that category, which I, (laughs) I have never heard that one before. You've never heard that. Well, no, I always hear the MRS degree, you know, the MRS uh, degree, we called it the ring by spring or your money back. (laughs) That's awesome. Brought to you by K jewelers. Uh, Okay. So, I mean, it was, I, I successfully, uh, achieved that degree. <laughs> um, let's see. We, I, I got married the summer after my, I graduated from, from college. So, okay. uh, we met through his sister and his sister was working for a mortgage lender whose okay. wife worked for the company that I ended up working for. So it was okay. a word of mouth. My, my, you know, soon to be sister-in-law is graduating from school. Oh, well, what's her degree in? <laughs> Spanish. She's great. Perfect. perfect. We She's could perfect. definitely use that. I mean, it's one of those jobs. It was it was property management, so I wasn't doing transactions um, or leasing. But you know, it's like a really fancy name for you're the grunt worker. Um, so you, you get to wear nice looking clothes. It, exactly, which I couldn't even afford at that time. So exactly. that was fun. Um, yeah. So I mean, in that in that industry and. Gosh, what a what a crazy time that was just to, right. you know, see developments going on and working with developers in the area and, you know, being in charge of these multi-million dollar budgets. And it was it was nuts. We keep calling him your husband. Why don't we say his name is Luke? So that, his name know, is can, Luke. We can call him. He Luke has now, a name. Right? Yeah, we, you know? we, he, we can identify him a little he bit. Might, he might be husband. feeling a little bit. Um, yeah, so, a little so bit. So Luke, uh, we apologize for <laughs> ignoring you to this point officially. <laughs> yes. So what happened? So 
2015 ish, give or take, uh, you left that job. What what did you go into then? Um, I left. I had my second child, so I guess it would have been yeah, 20 yeah, around that area, uh, around that time, 2013. So I guess I was there for five five or so years. Okay. All right. Um, in my head, it felt like 15. Um, I understand. <laughs> So I had my second child and I, I had every aspiration to try to stay home and just be mom for a, a little bit. I knew I would go back into the work field, but um, so I left with the mindset that, no, I think I'm just going to be home with the kids for a little bit. And then another job opportunity arose, which was also in property management. And I think I was there for nine months um, mm-hmm. and then realized I I really... Um, it was it was a very different version of property management. It was like warehouse management. It wasn't really my shtick. Um, mm-hmm. And then was recruited again to um, a very big firm, an international firm. And at that point, I think I just realized property management is not for me. It's, you know, real estate in and of itself is great and I love it. Um, I have a, obviously a super big passion for it, but the property management side is very thankless. It's... Um, you're, you're constantly, I think, trying to legitimize your seat at the table, especially in a bigger firm. And mm-hmm. it was really hard for me just being, you know, a petite blonde girl and not being taken seriously by a lot of these big guys. And mm-hmm. so I, I went off to the world of the tech industry, which was also well, which makes perfect unlikely. sense with a degree in Spanish. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Can you see how just sequential my life has been? It's been no, I, obvious. <laughs> it's a very linear path. I, it's just, it's so predictable. So predictable. Okay. So the tech industry. So I got lured in by the, you know, hey, you can work your own hours and have all the, <laughs> like, you think I was a teenager, like, as going, long as it's know, 24 hours a day. You can work ex- any exactly, hour you want. exactly. Yeah. Um, it was, that was, and it was a startup. So it, it, you know, you're wearing all the hats and mm-hmm. you're, which I actually obviously still don't mind cause I'm essentially my own startup now. Um, but it's very different when it's for someone else and you're not in control of, you know, kind of the end result and the, and the end game. Um, mm-hmm. there was actually, do you remember, let's see, this would have been in 2016, I think. Um, there was a, a hot second where there was an app called list L I dot S T. It was actually developed by BJ Novak. I'm still like drawing blanks on both the of those office, from the office. Um, okay. he's the actor. Um, this list was an app where you could like create these. It, it was almost kind of like a, like a sub stack, like a okay. mini version of a sub stack. And, okay. um, you could create these things and they could go viral. And I had my first ever and only viral post. And it was my experience working in a, a tech company, in a tech startup. Okay. And I basically just poked fun of the entire process. And it, right. it resonated with everyone because it just, it's hilarious. Have you ever mm-hmm. worked in tech before? I have. <laughs> so, you know, when, you know, when you're, when you're being, you know, called into a meeting or a one-on-one with your direct supervisor and they're sitting on a beanbag it's really hard to take them seriously (laughs) or they're or they're pumping the beer keg you know at at three o'clock when everyone's playing ping pong behind you so Uh, my 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 story that i'll share for this episode is that i got called into a meeting 
to discuss the food for the next meeting. That's, you know, who else is going to do that? It's important stuff. Those, those orders just, aren't going to place themselves. Just a complete, it just, I <laughs> just didn't understand. I just, and yeah. at that point I realized that, um, I realized at that point in my life, I realized I was unemployable because I knew I wasn't going to change and I knew corporate cultures weren't going to change either. And so uh, to keep thinking that the workplace would change to support me was, I realized how naive and wrong I was. And uh, so then I took some time off from work to uh, my son moved in with me at that time. And then I took one last stab in the nonprofit world, which is, you know, translation for poor pay corporate, okay. um, which it really wasn't. But uh, anyway, and then I still, re- and then I went um, self, complete self-employment in, I don't know, 20, 2005. Okay. Yeah. So. I mean, that's a really interesting realization. And I'm, even as you're saying that out loud, the I'm unemployable. That's, that's exactly the sentiment that I had after these, and it's, this little it, you journey. can say it like you're defective, but yeah, I didn't it, take it, it that way. It, that yeah. was just a very resounding, like this is, I'm not, I'm a square peg and trying to fit into right. too many round holes. I, I, you know, I don't, like you said, you know, it's hard to take your, 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 the leader seriously that who you're talking to, whether pumping a keg or playing ping pong or sitting on a mm-hmm. beanbag or deciding whether it's bagels or muffins for a meeting. It just, <laughs> it's like, it's not important to the, what right. we're doing, is it? And right. then at the same time, culture is very important. You know, you don't want to work in a place that's, you know, miserable. Yeah, you know, like exactly. A, like, a, like a factory or, you know, a warehouse job. I mean, in those jobs need to be done. I'm just not a fit for there either. So. A hundred percent agree. There, yeah, and, and, I mean, and you know and, what? Each of these things, I took so many great, amazing takeaways. I never would have ever learned on my own. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, is that there are people that are, you know, absolutely love the, the, the security of a time clock, if you will, going in, punching in, punching out, and they don't think about work the minute that the, the, the time card's punched, right? I think that's a little outdated reference, but you know, they're done. It's 5.05. I'm, I'm off until the morning. I don't think about my job until I pull into the parking lot in the morning. Mm-hmm. I was never like that. It, it consumed my thinking all the time. And I was always frustrated that well, why don't they do it this way? We could, we could be better, but, 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 you know, and so yeah. I realized, you know, I just realized that, well, that company is very successful the way they are. I'll go do it my way somewhere else and make myself happier. Right. Well, anyway. Right. So you, you, you do this and then Someone's I'm curious. You, so you have a guest. <laughs> Not this house, different house. <laughs> oh, interesting. Okay. Well, okay. Yes. So actually that's a great transition. So a doorbell rang at another mm-hmm. house. That's mm-hmm. technology is amazing, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> so when did you guys buy your first rental property and mm-hmm. your first rental property, was it a traditional rental property? Like we're going to rent it out to somebody on and have a 12 month lease or a duplex, blah, blah, blah. Or mm-hmm. did you just get started doing the short-term stuff right away? Okay. So I'll back up a little bit from that. Um, so I actually, I got laid off from my tech job and okay. regardless of my, my square 
peg round hole mm-hmm. status, it's it's a blow. It's a total blow to your ego, Absolutely. blow to your, you know, in, entire vision of yourself. And I, at that time, my husband and I, Luke and I were um, actively flipping homes kind of okay. like in our spare time. So right. we were we were going to the auction block downtown Seattle. We were buying up homes. We were rehabilitating them. It's nothing like it's it was not sexy. It was like carpet and paint. You know, nothing mm-hmm. like mind blowing. You know that you see on HGTV. You weren't knocking walls out and reconfiguring the floor plan of a house. Chip and Joe never came by. I mean, right. I asked, but they just no. were a little busy in Waco. Um, so yeah, we were, we were doing that on the side and this was literally like on our nights and weekends. Mm -hmm. At one point there was, we were living in a couple of our flips before and my husband would, we would get home from our respective jobs. Luke, Luke Luke would get home and he, I would be upstairs, you know, paying bills or doing stuff. And he would be literally downstairs shoveling dirt into a five gallon bucket. We were creating a basement from a crawl space. Mm-hmm. in one of our mm-hmm. homes. So this was something, it was, it was a little bit crazy and I don't know how we survived that, but I guess it made so us So just our curiosity. So, uh, you know, I got this vision that you've just described that Luke's down there, maybe with like a miner's thing on his head and a light and he's, he's <laughs> Couple beers. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but no, but here's, but here's where I go with this. So he's, he's down there and he fills up a couple of five gallon buckets of, of dirt and he brings them out and he's dumping them in the yard. Do the neighbors ever think you were burying bodies down there? Or I mean, it does seem a little sketchy, you know, what, what's this guy doing? Yeah. He's dirty, you know, valid uh, point. Actually, uh, probably they did. <laughs> We had a pit bull at the time too, so oh, no see, one was I mean, no one was brave enough to come by and ask okay. any questions. <laughs> they just knew. They just we don't want to know. Yeah, anymore. we don't just ask, okay. don't don't ask. Um, yeah, so we were doing that, and um, when I lost that job, I um, ended up going. Um, we that like the next day, I think we were scheduled to go to the auction, and you know I'm all sad and you know mopey about it and have a bad attitude. We go, we buy this place, and. We just went, okay, fine. This will be my job now. I'll just do this full time and fine. And, you know, I had such a terrible attitude about it. And um, well, you're digging, you're <laughs> digging dirt out and hauling out a five gallon pail. Nobody <laughs> wants to do that. Well, I wish that that was the case, but these were like really, really bad houses oh. that people left in, in really oh. gross states. That's, and that's I was, what I do. That's my day job too. So I, I yeah. get it. I'm like <laughs> peeling dead rats off of carpet and uh, it was gross. So, um, so we were, so we were doing that and, um, let's see, 2016, my husband comes to, this, to me with this idea. Um, his dad, Luke's parents, um, dad and stepmom live in the Cleelum Roslyn area in okay. central Washington. We go there all the time. We had been visiting, you know, for years and years, and um, it's one of our favorite places. And he goes, "Hey, I think I found some land that we can develop, and um, let's let's go check it out." And mm-hmm. I'm like, "What? We're not going to build a house? What are you talking about?" Well, I dream small. He dreams big. We meet in the middle. This is how things are born in our family. So we go. We find this piece of property downtown um, Roslyn, which. I mean, gosh, it's like, it's the most beautiful location. And we, so our first rental was, we developed ourselves. His dad is a builder. Um, And so, and Luke and I have our GC license. We don't actively build for anyone else, but um, we, we built it from the ground up and we intended, I, I said, okay, 
I want to do something different with this. We've had, you know, longer term rentals before. And I, I, again, that's, that's like bordering that property management line that I Mm -hmm. don't want to cross again. So let's go ahead and let's, let's make this into a vacation rental. I really think that I can do this because I love hosting people. It's my favorite, you know, we're always the ones that open up our houses for any and everything. And, Mm -hmm. um, I said, let's just try this out. So let's build this with the intention that this is going to be a vacation rental. Um, At that time, while in the middle of our build, the city of Roslyn imposed a moratorium on anyone applying for vacation rental licenses. And I kind of went, well, okay, the moratorium is expiring by the time we'll be wrapping up our build. So then we'll get in and do our our license. Mm -hmm. Well, they were actively researching opportunities to outlaw them during this moratorium, of course. Um, I learned a lot about that. We get to the point where we're finishing this build. Um, I'm going, okay, we we have to keep this. We I cannot let this house go. This has been my blood, sweat, and tears baby for the past, you know, 18 months or however long. And I said, so I'm combing through all their legal documents, the city's documents that they've posted. And I'm um, contacting a, a, an attorney friend who um, I knew from my property management days. And I'm going, I think I found a loophole. And he and I said, can you just verify this? And he said, oh, my gosh, you're absolutely right. And the crazy thing is they were meeting. The city of Roslyn was meeting that night at 6 p.m. to vote on this moratorium. And basically, essentially what it, what it was going to do is make our street kind of the boundary between where they could have. So there's like a commercial zone and then there's the residential zone. We were in the Mm -hmm. residential zone, but if I could get my application in via this loophole that I found, um, then we were smooth sailing. So I often tell the story, like I felt like I was Aaron Brockovich and I found this legal loophole and (laughs) (laughs) essentially the city had let their, their moratorium lapse and they didn't renew it in time. So there was no moratorium in effect for like 48 hours. And I, I ran via foot and a stroller with my third child, my newest son, um, ran all the way to city hall at like 5 45 PM. And I slid my application in just as they were, you know, beginning the meeting to vote on this. So that was crazy. And that was our first experience with you know licensing our our short-term rental and it's it's a grandfathered in now and um it's been it's been amazing so that house is called Roslyn Diggs um and where Diggs comes from is because we were just playing with names and thought well this is a coal mining town and and it's in Roslyn and it's got a cute little you know catch to it kind of rolls Mm -hmm. off the tongue nicely and that's Roslyn Diggs was born Perfect. So these are some assumptions that I have about the short-term rental game. Super easy. There's no challenges. You you put an ad up on some online platform mm-hmm. and you have dozens of people lining up to rent your property. Nobody wants it the same day. Everyone wants it consecutive weekends with enough time off to get the place ready. And they were never impacted by COVID. (laughs) 
you're you're on on a roll today, Scott. This is well, funny. It's just this is you know it it, it seems. I mean, when you look at it casually, it it looks like it's an extremely lucrative endeavor, and I know it's not. I truly know it's not. But and without going into the politics of it, because many counties are you know mm-hmm. uh, trying to because there's there there are, there can be negatives like you rent. You rent Absolutely. out for a weekend to somebody and, you know, and they, they throw a, you know, they throw a, a startup kegger with the ping pong table and they're pumping beer and sitting in beanbag chairs at 3am. Nobody likes that in their backyard. Um, But I do think personally, I think it's a really interesting way for a person to go experience something that's not a, a, a look into in a cookie cutter, you know, experience. It's, it's a personalized experience that may or may not be for everybody, right? Like your Rosalind Diggs property may not appeal to me, but I might Mm -hmm. like somebody else's property. So what is it about, about the short term? Cause it, cause it does border on property management too, because you're, you're renting. Yes, you are, you are hosting if you will, but at the same time, there's rental, there's cleaning fees, there's, getting the unit ready again, all those things that I think are terrible about property management. <laughs> You're flipping it after two nights, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, um, <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you touched on a lot of my hot points at this, you know, just with the, the last, uh, you know, couple sentences. Um, it's not for the faint of heart. I think there is a mis- misperception that it's, um, you know, people can do this casually, that it's, I, I love when I hear the term passive income because <clears throat> when, when you when you hear passive income, you are by definition passive about your role in that income. There's no passivity about short-term renting. Um, a lot of people, um, love to start out and try and say, I can manage, I can do this. And that's great. Um, their burnout will, will increase significantly, um, in a shorter amount of time. Uh, there are a lot of nuances. There are a lot of ways that, um, you know, there's strategy behind a ton of what we do and how we market, who we're marketing to, who we're allowing into the homes. And it's interesting because this, this industry is changing so quickly um, because it's it is number one. It's so relative to the market. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's it's going to be one of the first things to go. I know that people are saying there's a potential recession on our hands. If not, we're you know potentially we're already in one. Um, mm-hmm. And so we're looking at how are we going to how are we going to remain afloat and what are the expectations that we need to adjust as operators and adjust for our clients and then also for our guests because there's you know we have I have two two clients really that I'm I'm talking to um and the property management side and I think that this is maybe just a mental shift for me um I don't look at it as property management I look at it as it's straight hospitality um and there's a huge difference to me in in like the soul of where those two things are different Um, Mm. you know, property management is about the, the bottom line. It's completely Mm -hmm. a numbers game and it's completely a, um, you know, if man, like for me, I was managing shopping, a lot of shopping centers and 
I'm not giving our new tenants welcome baskets. Actually, I tried and I was laughed at, um, which is where I probably my heart was like, I really want to welcome people and make them feel like they made a great choice by signing a five-year lease, you know, with us. Um, But it's just not the same thing. They're a business. We're a business. I'm not renting to businesses. I'm renting to human beings with families who are looking to have a vacation and have, you know, 48 hours of not even less than 48 hours of a wonderful, relaxing stay. So experience, a memory building thing. It is. And I think Mm -hmm. because I feel like I'm serving a purpose that's more, um, in tune with like where my heartstrings are pulled, I, I don't view it as much of, um, like as a negative as I would a, a property management type job. It's, okay. it's more of like I'm passionate about making people feel at home and comfortable. Therefore, it doesn't feel as worky to me as a okay. property management job. That's a, I think that's a great explanation. And mm-hmm. there, it is, a, it is a, I think it is a mindset shift mm-hmm. too because. So Rosalind Diggs. Let's so you 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 slid the application in you you know you you literally you know got it got it underneath the door just right before the door closed. Yes. How at that point when you first started, how were you marketing? Um. So I had started an Instagram account. Um. Just our process of building. It was really more for friends and family to kind of mm-hmm. follow along our journey. Um, and I'm posting, you know, kind of funny little like, whoa, follow me. And I had seen there's actually some amazing cabins up in the Skycomish area. Um, they're super popular. They're really well known. And I was like, wow, this is so cool what they've done. And they've built this following on Instagram. And like my, the light bulb went off in my head that this is a thing that people do on Instagram. So I thought I could try this. I don't have a background in marketing at all, but you know, I like to write and I like to, I like to be personable. So I'm just going to make this me and my personality and my voice. So I started my Instagram account, um, during our build and then started, you know, Hey, we're up on Airbnb. That was the only, um, online travel agency OTA that we were on at the time and, um, started marketing, got a lot of friends and family saying, you know, Hey, we'd love to come, you know, support your business and stay and, also, can we have a discount? Of course. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's not that supportive, guys, but okay, you know, I'll, I'll try it. And we did that. And, um, you know, it kind of started getting to the point where it was, I, I love hosting friends and family, but they never read my instructions because they think they just think that they don't have to. Gotcha. So okay. sometimes they're harder to host. Um, okay. but that's interesting. They're learning. Um, and, I, you know, we got to the point where we were booking out like crazy because there weren't a lot of houses that were, um, maybe similar to the design aesthetic that we had provided the foot, mm-hmm. the, the quality of photos that we've provided locally. You know, you, you look at an area and you go, okay, beautiful house, but gosh, they could improve their photos. So we're going to shine. And that's kind of mm-hmm. where, where we fell, where we found ourselves falling. Um, it, it did help a lot that nobody else could legally rent in our exact neighborhood. So mm-hmm. we kind of had a little bit of the market on that. There's some really, really cute um, traditional B&Bs in our neighborhood, which um, I actually look at as complementary to us instead of mm-hmm. indirect competition um, because they're actually getting a, a breakfast with their bed. <laughs> right, um, right. So 
so yeah, I mean, we, we just realized that we kind of struck gold with having something that was unique. Um, we made it really kind of a thematic design as far as our interiors go with the coal mine theme. You know, we, we took time and have, you know, some of our handles on our, on our barn doors, our actual pickaxes. And, um, we have some local art from the Ellensburg rodeo and, um, there was a really cool museum that's no longer in town. They had some cool steer, um, horns, I guess horns. steer horns. Okay. Um, so we, you know, we really kind of made an effort to make sure we were supporting local businesses too. And we were furnishing it, which I think right. offered a unique aspect as well. Well, here's a, here's an, a thought I have. So let's, let's talk about Rosalind Diggs specifically. So what's the minimum rental term you allow? Two nights. And what's the maximum rental term? 28 days. Okay. What's the typical rental term that it's booked for? Two to three nights. Okay. Mm -hmm. So twice a week, maybe three times a week, somebody has to come in. If it's booked full time, somebody has to come in, refresh the house, Mm -hmm. right? Are you doing that? Um, I've always hired a cleaning. Um, we've been working so with the same cleaner for my the, point is, mm-hmm. my point is it's good for the economy in the local community because 100%. that cleaner now has a job that they wouldn't have had before. Correct. So we started off employing just the cleaner and then I would come in. I was there all the time and I'm still in, in that part of town cause I don't, I live about an hour and a half away. Mm-hmm. Um, we, I was there kind of doing all of our, um, inventory management and, and making sure that everything, you know, was exactly how I wanted it. I, I kind of think I know where you're going with this. Um, so I'll tell you that we now employ a whole team of people in the area, which is great. Yeah. I see. I, th- okay. Yes. A tenant could come in and be obnoxious on any given night and, you, the the owner of the property, aren't really, no one really likes you in that moment. <laughs> but that probably doesn't happen very often because I, I get the feeling you're, you, you have a good selection process. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I think people that do this, that have good selection processes, it's, it's just like you mentioned you had a pit bull. Yeah. Okay. Pit bulls have a reputation, but not every pit bull is. They're some of the sweetest dogs I've ever met in my life. They're yeah. terrifying if you don't know them. Um, but when you, when you're introduced to them properly, most of the time they're like laying on their backs going, please rub me. I mean, right. I'm just the, I'm the biggest baby in the world. I will tear your arm off, but right. you know, no. <laughs> and so I think, I think that, you know, one of the benefits that we need to to think about as, as, as an, as, cause you are a business mm-hmm. is that the business is putting dollars into the local community mm-hmm. and the local community, both directly and indirectly. So I'm going to guess that most of your teams Kitsap County, or not Kitsap, Kittitas County based. Mm-hmm. I'm going to guess. That's just a safe guess. And then I'm also going to guess that when people come and stay at Rosalind Diggs, that they're going to the brick or they're going to the coffee cart and buying a cup of coffee mm-hmm. or they're going to the farmer's market or they're going to Heritage Distilling's tap or tasting room or they're doing this. They're, they're you know, they're going up to St. Cadian golfing or whatever it is they're doing. They're going to Owens Meats and Clay Elm, whatever. Mm-hmm. And they wouldn't probably be doing that if they weren't staying at this place. So a hundred percent. Well, yeah. I know you had kind of, kind of glossed over this and I'll, I'll, I, I do think it's a, an interesting point to sort of, you know, address. 
um, and it's not even politics about it, but there are homes that should definitely not be vacation rentals. And there are homes Mm -hmm. that if operated well and in a professional manner and with Mm -hmm. the intention of enhancing the community are absolute assets to that community. And I think that our entire business model is the latter. And we are looking at establishing relationships with local businesses. Um, We're actually doing a lot of this summer, we're going to be launching um, guest add-ons or concierge service where Mm -hmm. guests can um, pull, you know, from local businesses to have a package that's already in their home or in their refrigerator or an experience um, that we've coordinated for them that supports mm-hmm. a local business. And we're really aiming yeah. for some of the businesses that are a little bit lesser known. Um, mm-hmm. But we're also continuing partnering with, we, we've already had some great business partnerships with Heritage and Basecamp and um, Glondos and Owens and you know, we're Drew Brew, all these big ones. Um, we're, tr- we're trying I mean, to establish ourselves as we're all business partners. Our, our facility looks, you know, a little different than yours. Um, are you going to put an Owens meat vending machine in your, in your house? Oh my goodness. That would be so cool. <laughs> the candy store for the carnivore. <laughs> it would be amazing. You know, think about it. You gotta, oh my goodness. Gotta... That would be so cool. We should get one of those. I'm gonna I'm gonna call Owens. It'd be so this. funny. I would I would just think it I I would think it'd be so funny. You know. Just, you know, anyway. people rob those. Well, I've seen footage on local Facebook groups about people robbing the vending machines with beef jerky. I remember when they first came out. I was living on the west side at that time, and you know, I went to college in Ellensburg, so you know, I knew about Owens Meats and all that. And I remember when it first came out, the first one I saw was the one that they put in, um, just oh outside gosh, their the, actual store. No, the one in Ellensburg in, in Gerald's oh. books. Oh. In Gerald's books. And I remember going there. And at that time, they were actually selling steaks. In the vending machine? In the machines. <laughs> you you could buy a $50 ribeye in, in the vending machine. And I just thought that was, I just chuckled. I just thought, I, I'm going to buy a steak from a vending machine just so I can say that I did. What? And then they've now, since they brought down down to just you know basically smoked meats and cheese and all that yeah. which is still very cool but that's so cool the, I know. the idea of buying like a, t- a t-bone but i also could see if it got stuck you know how vending machines right. things get oh, stuck gosh. that i'd be like S- sliding down <laughs> the glass <laughs> yeah oh, that was a 50 dollars steak yeah oh my gosh um anyway no i think see so you're, you're collaborating with local businesses mm-hmm. you're you're all trying to be good stewards of mm-hmm. the community that you're you're involved with yeah, but I'd like to I'd like to just shift gears because I want to ask you a negative question. Okay, N- we're not naming names. There's okay. no names involved here. Uh, I won't even say Luke's name. Oh wait, just did. <laughs> what's the worst thing that an, a tenant has ever left behind? What's the What's that nightmare story that you're like? I can't believe this happened. <laughs> and folks, this is an audio program, but you should see your face. Um, I have, well, I know I have off the top of my head. It's not, it wasn't a bad thing. It was just Mm -hmm. shocking. And our Mm -hmm. team, we were on the funniest group chat I think I've ever been on in my life when this happened. And I don't know, this is not necessarily a PG topic, but 
we had if a, you're under 17 <laughs> please fast forward three minutes okay. um we had a guest leave um <laughs> a silicon a silicon halter top um well they were boobs they left okay. boobs in a drawer they left boobs in in that, a drawer. So they put drawer. them away. So they put them away. Okay. Um, we unfortunately happened to miss checking said drawer between stays. Oh, no. So <laughs> I actually, <laughs> I, um, we had, so we had one group stay. They left this item and then another group stayed and my my we have an inspector that goes through between so it's like between the cleaner and right before the guest arrives just to make sure everything looks good everything you know right if we need to turn on the heat a little bit or whatever so our inspector's there she opens this drawer and finds these things and we i'm like oh my goodness and she goes what do i do with this and i say well i i feel like somebody might need these because I'm thinking maybe they're a prosthetic, maybe they're, prosthetic. you know, some mm-hmm. something like that. So I message the previous guest and I say, hi, just so you know, we have a great service where we are able to mail back anything that you've left behind. I'm trying my hardest not, <laughs> not to call out because I don't want to embarrass them. And I'm just hoping no. that they've realized they forgot these. So I reach out and I say, I I just want to know, is there anything that you need us to ship? And he says, and I look at this man's profile and he's like this businessman from, from Chicago who was just getting away into the, and I'm going, wow, this is so unlikely, but hey, who knows? And um, he says, I don't think I left anything. Did you find something that I need to know about? And so I say, well, um, we did find a silicon body part. And he says, oh, I saw that when I was there. And I thought that was strange, but they're not mine. They belong to somebody else. I think God. I think that if embarrassment could be felt via internet, yeah. I shook all those waves that day. I was mortified. But then I felt like I was accusing him of leaving something that, again, was very unlikely that they were his, but I didn't know. Um and then I went back to the previous guest who then, yes, they were, they belonged to them. <laughs> but it was, so it wasn't a bad thing. It was just a really great lesson for my team that we all need to check all the drawers. <laughs> I've actually heard horror stories of things people have left in drawers. Fortunately, we have not experienced them. Um, I, I don't know what episode this is going to be. It'll be... <laughs> At least in the 190s, maybe in the early 200s. Okay, so let's just say 200. Okay. That is the single best story I've heard. (laughs) When I ask people what's gone wrong, that is the single best story, hands down, on so many levels. I have a photo. You win. (laughs) We'll use that in our marketing. We'll just use that in our marketing for this episode. Um. I, I can't, that, that story works on so many levels. First off, mm-hmm. it's a very odd item to be left behind. Yeah. And, and unfortunately your team missed it not once, but twice. Twice, yeah. Which means the this middle guest thought it was odds. So you have to wonder what's running through their heads. I, and 
Oh. I can't believe oh he gosh. never said anything. I, I mean, just, oh my gosh. That is okay. the craziest. So that's our, our awesome. like I said, our group text, I mean, after we figured out that it was not a, you know, a, a prosthetic or something that was, you know, we, we all, I mean, I was like, I, I was crying, laughing so hard at just oh this mishap of, um, you know, <laughs> trying to figure out who they belong to. Um, and again, I mean, we've had, honestly, we've had the very best guests. I feel like, um, we just have such respectful okay. people and they're all in line. I mean, we've had a few people that have left it kind of trashed or broken things. Um, mm-hmm. We had someone, you know, lead a trail of puke up some stairs once that required some, some carpet cleaning magic. Um, but did you send the bill to heritage? Cause yeah. the brick. You know? <laughs> all right. So the other question, I could go this two different ways with this question, but okay. I'm curious. Um, so I'll ask, I'm going to ask two questions, I guess. Part part of part A of the question is, what amenity is the most popular with the guests? And okay. The opposite of that question is, is there something that guests ask for that they keep asking for over and over? I'll, I'll for example, oversimplify. We'd really like a coffee maker in here. How come you don't have a coffee maker? So mm. what's the number one amenity that guests like? And what, if anything, have they asked for that, you might have provided since then, but that people have been asking for. Okay. Um, number one amenity, I, I'm going to say, I'm, I'm assuming this because I think it's a probably the top filtered search when they're searching on an OTA um, is okay. a hot tub. Uh, having a spa okay. hot tub, um, which all of our houses in, um, ex- with the exception of one, have hot tubs. Um, okay. And those are a whole thing in and of itself to operate, but we have an Mm -hmm. amazing team, um, who Northwest luxury spas, they're actually in Ellensburg as well. Um, they had, they are so awesome and they go in between each stay. Hot tubs have a bad reputation because people Mm -hmm. miss mistreat them and, um, don't clean them appropriately. But if you get on a good schedule, they're, uh, they're a key essential thing that people love. So that's our probably a most popular amenity aside also from being pet friendly, um, we're in the Pacific okay. Northwest. I think there's more pets than kids. So, uh, we, that's true in our household. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're, we have three kids and two pets, so we're almost even. Um, so being pet friendly is another asked for amenity or a sought out amenity. Um, and then I would say something people have asked for who the coffee thing is definitely, um, that's a whole, you know, their strategy behind the coffee that we leave or that we provide the types of makers. Um, we've actually had somebody, maybe only two or three people have asked, um, for cream and sugar. Um, which is funny because you I'm should not rent to them. No. You should not rent to them. <laughs> hey, Hey, now don't, no, don't, that's an unreasonable ask by, by a short term tenant. I'm sorry. I would not rent to them. You know, it's, it's funny cause it's like a catch 22 with, with at like, um, food that you leave. Mm-hmm. I don't ever leave things in the refrigerator, even condiments, just because I feel like the impression is, ew, this was someone else's, even if it's just a bottle of ketchup for whatever reason, it's gross. Right. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I can see that. but some people really want that stuff left. So it's kind of like, I can't please them all. Um, but with the, with the sugar, I, I leave sugar. Like if, if there's yeah, a okay. thing of sugar in the thing, I'll leave, but I have more you know, you can get around it by leaving. Now we're, now we're stocking our houses with the little 
little creamers that can be left that don't need to be refrigerated. So we have those in the houses. Um, I still wouldn't rent to those. (laughs) We're really upping our amenity game lately. So um, it's, it's been kind of fun to for me. It's like, Oh man, I didn't expect that to be provided. And it is, that's cool. You know, so do people ask for like board games or books? Yeah, or, uh, books okay. not as much. Um, okay. We do leave some in some of the houses. Uh, Rosalind Diggs being the first one, I thought that would be huge. So I have like a whole library. Um, I don't mm-hmm. even know that they're, and it's kind of like a take and leave whatever you want. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. Games are huge. Like people love board games on vacation, especially when they're mm-hmm. like a staycation type, you know, a couple hour drive. Right. Um, Let's see. Game rooms are a big one that we're finding help us, you know, if we can convert a garage or a room in the house to like have a pop a shot and a foosball table or ping pong. So that's another big one, especially with beanbag chairs, too. Oh, yeah. Beanbag chairs. We do have some bean, good beanbag chairs. Um, yeah. I mean, especially with Pacific Northwest unpredictable weather in those like mm-hmm. spring fall months it's nice to have stuff to do indoors that you don't have to leave the house for so january through july and then <laughs> september through november well you december. know the the east of the mountains is not nearly as bad as the west this side. year it has been i know this year, finally this year, we're I mean, getting good weather just like we, this last this weekend we had a foot of snow on april 13th you know, don't talk I to asked me for about snow. snow. My birthday is April 12th. Year. I asked for, I asked for snow. My birthday is a joke. I got a little bit of snow and then the next day it was a foot. Be careful what That's you ask for. Um, this year was record breaking snowfall for the winter, which was absolutely devastating yeah. for our whole entire operation. It was, it was awful. So okay. that was a first. So we've, we spent a lot of time on, 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 Roslyn, the Roslyn project. Mm-hmm. How many, how many homes do you have now? Okay. So in our, we kind of divide up our collection, um, mm-hmm. between Diggs houses, which are houses that my husband, Luke and I, um, either own outright or have a partnerships with. Okay. Um, so those are any house that re- ends in Diggs. So there's Roslyn Diggs, mm-hmm. Sun Country Diggs, Shin Diggs, Moonshine Diggs. Um, uh, and so, so does Moonshine Diggs have like a working still in it so that, <laughs> I wish. Um, no, Moonshine Digs, that name came because it's on Moonshine Lane. <laughs> okay. Right, so it cool. was like, oh, come on. We got it. This is like perfect. And it's the cool. It's probably our most popular house. It's an A-frame, which everyone loves. And where's that at? It, it's on the lake um, or it's in a neighborhood with lake access in Ronald. Okay. Yeah. Right on Lake Cleelum. Um, okay. Super cool house. It's it's a 19, you know, 60, I want to say 68 a frame that we converted and and made super cool and retro looking still and nice. um okay. yeah did a full remodel um so okay so we've got um six active digs houses we're actually i haven't announced it yet but i'm comfortable doing it here we're uh bringing on our seventh in arizona we've so that'll be our okay. second property in arizona um and that's coming okay. i was actually just in arizona for three weeks working on getting it set up so hopefully we'll launch early fall um, and then mm-hmm. we've got now six houses that are co-hosted. So, um, mm-hmm. that I operate for other people. Um, and then we're bringing on a seventh in the summer. So like I own the house. Mm-hmm. You, we manage I own the it house for and you. you provide the, 
Okay. Yep, the operations. All right. So that makes a total of um, by the end of the summer at least fourteen, and we've got a couple, couple uh, proposals out. So we're we're growing up a little and bit. So you are also then, op, op, let's say, a complementary business besides actually owning and operating. You are offering co-management with people, and then do you offer consulting to help mm-hmm. people? Um, who are thinking about getting into this industry? Yes. Yep. So um, people, we basically have like a few kind of levels of, of service offerings. One is the co-hosting, which is a full blown. It's basically everything but maintenance that we just because we don't have in-house maintenance right now. We're growing Mm -hmm. and I'd like to get there at some point, but we're focusing on just making quality experiences and we can't do that if we're looking at you know, spreading our team too thin. So, um, that's one offering. And then we do consulting for people that are either looking to get in or maybe they're wanting to consult with both Luke and myself about the investment side of it and the numbers. Mm -hmm. And, um, so we offer that kind of consulting. We do brand branding consulting, um, whether you're going to brand the house you're, we're co-hosting for you, or you're wanting to do it on your own. Um, Mm -hmm. And then we also do interior design consulting, um, as okay. well as in full-blown interior design services. Very cool. Yeah. And this all came about from a degree in European studies and Spanish. <laughs> Naturally. I mean, Sorry. pretty much. A career it's path such right a cool here. story. It's <laughs> it's such a cool it's such a cool story. I loved I love talking to people and hearing their their journeys, even just because you know. <clears throat> You know, those, it's funny that like how everything, I mean, I don't believe, I don't believe that there anything happens by accident. I think there's, you know, definitely a plan for everyone's journeys and their life. And all these little unlikely jobs that I had or duties that I had to perform, all of them have beautifully come together to help me Mm -hmm. be equipped to operate my own business Um, Mm -hmm. you know, the scrappiness that I learned at my startup, my tech startup, and even just the tech stack that I'm dealing with now, I would not have been equipped had I not been in that, in that tech industry, Mm -hmm. um, the property management side and learning how to operate budgets for other people and give them, you know, reporting and all of that. So it's, it's pretty funny how, how things happen. (laughs) So I just clicked on book now on your on the webpage yep. at the, in the, in the header. And it takes me to hostfully, mm-hmm. which is nothing I've ever heard of before. Yeah. And I'm looking at, I'm looking at your properties. And so I should probably should have done this before we started talking, but um, there's some, I mean, I, I will agree. It's obvious to me. The photography is done the way that a real estate broker who is used to positioning a property or exposure is done versus their iPhone out with their thumb partially over the lens and slightly oh, crooked. It's think, Here's painful. Our house. It's painful. It, it really is. It really is painful. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one, which one am I looking at? Lakeview Mountain Escape, amazing views of Lake Cleo. Mm-hmm. That was wow. my first ever co-hosted house. And actually, wow. I met the owner of that house through Heritage Distilling, <laughs> through networking with them. She liked our hats that we were giving our guests. And I said, oh, you like the hats? I'll just go get you one. And I went home and grabbed her a hat and came back and gave her a hat. And we've been friends ever since. And she asked me to run her family cabin. I, oh. 
<laughs> I wish my family had a cabin like this. It's a beautiful uh, cabin. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It really, it really truly is. And the attention to detail in the pho- photography. Yes. Um, you're, you're painting a very good picture of, for me, I'm on the coffee shot right now and I'm looking at this and I approve of your coffee. And I, oh, wow. I like that. Even you even go so far. I got to give you kudos here when, and it's not doing it now, but I moused over the Keurig and it pops up with a little tooltip that says, you know, coffee maker and Keurig coffee. The fact that you took the time to add those little nuanced details mm-hmm. that matter so much. And I'm going to stop looking at this because I'm jealous. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, I encourage everybody to go and we're going to put links in the show notes so people can check this out. But we do need to wrap this up because you, I know you've got things to do. Um, but I have a couple questions that aren't related to digs. Okay. Number one, coffee. Yes. We've already, we've already assumed that you're cream and sugar, which, yeah, okay. <laughs> but where's it, where do you like to go for coffee? Ooh, um, my okay my favorite place i'm just gonna stick with in the clea lim roslin area um sure i love pioneer coffee pioneer roasters um they Mm -hmm. roast their own they're also in north bend um i and actually we source so depending on the house we the house each house has its own personality so they call for different things so depending on the type of coffee maker we have um pioneer has wholesale uh sales so i buy my beans and my grounds mm-hmm. from them okay. for the houses. Okay. Yeah. And I love, right. and I, I do like, um, base camp has great coffee as well. Um, okay. but from a wholesale bean purchasing, I like, I like pioneer. Right. So when you're not running your short term rental empire, <laughs> what do you and the family like to do for fun and recreation? Um, we are huge pickleball people. Which is? Did you know that it's the official sport of the state of Washington? I did. Very proud of that. Okay. We actually um, we have a pickleball court in our backyard, and so we're constantly playing. Um, okay. We love pickleball. We it's it's really hard to sometimes distinguish between work and life because <laughs> both of us are in real estate, so we're constantly doing things that are real estate oriented. Um, mm-hmm. We have a very really tight group of friends that we all of our kids are the same age. We hang out, we, we go golfing together. We, okay. we like to cook. Where's together. The good go- where do you guys like to go golfing? Um, well on the West side of the mountains, we golf at Fairwood. Um, okay. my kids really enjoy that. Uh, they actually are on golf team there. So we do that. Oh, cool. Um, all sun right. country golf course is great. I love that golf course. It's, it's, um, not as daunting as Sincadia, you know, and it's a lot cheaper. Um, yes, it is. And then they're yes, they're coming up on uh, some. They've got it. They've got a new um, restaurant. So I actually haven't been there yet. I need to go. Okay. Um, I am not a very great golfer. I am there for okay. driving the cart and hitting those mm-hmm. long drives. Not always straight, but my kids are really into Perfect. it. So it's been really fun as a family. Awesome. All right. Last question. Okay. What didn't I ask you that I should have asked you? Ooh. Um, I would say, ooh, there's so much that we could have talked about, which I'm kind of glad we didn't because I talk about this all the time. But, you know, just kind of where this is heading, where this industry is heading, 
um, and what makes us different operators than, you know, the Vacasas and the and the huge, you know, giant conglomerates that run the that have been running this industry forever. Um, mm-hmm. And are, are you and you want me to answer that question? <laughs> Actually, I, let me, I'm going to no, okay. retract that question and okay. ask you a couple of other ones. Okay. I'd like you to put on your consumer hat. Okay. What are things that people are interested, that are people that are interested in looking at a short-term rental? They want to go somewhere for two, three, four days and they want to stay you know, in a cabin in the woods. What should the consumer be looking for? Is there any telltale signs of things that might make it a disappointing experience? Ooh. Oh, that's a great question. Um, I would say really read through the comments that, you know, the, because a good operator takes time to almost tell a little bit of a story. You don't want it to be too long. You don't want it to bore somebody, but um, read through, read through the captions. Like you had kind of pointed out those photos have captions and they're there for a reason. And, and I like to kind of walk my guests as they're viewing the property through the property. It's almost like a virtual tour, right? Um, look for that. Obviously, if you're booking on like a big OTA, the super host or the premier host status, those are there for a reason and they make a big difference. Um, the, um, I would say look at the details, um, things to me, like I, the first thing that ever stuck, stuck out, um, before I became an operator, before I even wanted, I had a friend who put their house on, on Airbnb for rent. And I remember thinking they only have two pillows on a king bed. What, who sleeps with one pillow? Like, I can't trust somebody who sleeps with one pillow. What? So in my head. It's like they're using cream and sugar in their coffee. It's like they're, come on. I use creamer and I'm proud. I'm not going to apologize for that. Um, (laughs) I, those kinds of things. It's like the, the thought out, you know, give four to six pillows on a king bed. I'm like a pillow crazed person and have extras. And are you providing the coffees and are you, you know, we, we like to provide, um, we know people forget things. So, you know, we put USB plugs where we can or provide cords Mm -hmm. for charging and things like that. It's, it's in the details. And I think people Mm -hmm. can, you know, gloss over and, and look at maybe this enormous property. You get a lot of huge properties, um, in neighborhoods that are enormous and can sleep 24 people, but then you get there and there's four towels or, you know, whatever. So it's like the size of the property doesn't always make you know, make a difference on the experience. All right. So let's ask that same question, but from the operator side, what do you think operators are overlooking that they shouldn't overlook? Maybe, maybe it's including towels and pillows, but yeah. if, if you were consulting, let's say I called you up and said, Hey, I'm thinking about doing this. I've got a cabin, blah, 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 blah. What's, what's a nugget of, adv- of advice that you would offer somebody who's thinking about getting into this? Um, I would say having that, and this is something that I do talk to any prospective client who wants me to co-host their home. Um, I have to make sure that we're in alignment with how we're viewing the, the guest as they are the most important person, you know, in our business. Cause if we don't have guests, we don't have a business. So are we providing the moments of delight, the ahas, the, oh, they thought for, they thought of me when they left this, 
charging cord or the cream and sugar. Um, and if, and if we're, and if, if it's like, you know, no, I don't want to spend $35 on a welcome gift in my house that's renting for $800 a night, then we're probably not in alignment with how we're viewing this experience because in my head, 30 to $35 is the very bottom line of what we should be providing someone who's choosing to spend a lot of money to live, you know, to experience your home. So I'd say just remember that this is hospitality and there are a lot of other operators who are willing to roll out the red carpet and how can we do that? You know, of course we have to look at the bottom line, but those that will come after providing the most amazing experience. You'll get the loyalty and you'll get the repeat and all of that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, this has been a lot of fun for me. Yeah, uh, me too. I, I think it's, it's, an, it's an interesting overlap to what I do on a, you know, my quote unquote day job. And you're in, you know, the Cleon Roslyn area. It's, it's beautiful there. It, it's just, it's just, it's beautiful. I, where just where in Arizona? Where are the? Um, both houses are in Mesa, okay. and we're actively looking at bringing on more in the area. So anywhere okay. in the greater Phoenix area is kind of our niche right now. Nice. Okay. And that'll be a nice draw for like spring training baseball. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, and we've got the Super Bowl uh, coming up. Like that. that's, that's, Super Bowl waste management are in the same uh, week this year. See, I'm a Seahawks fan. <laughs> I'm just not going to matter for a few years. <laughs> now that everyone's gone, gracious. <laughs> Yeah, it's just not going to matter. I, uh, anyway. Yeah. Well, again, thank you. Um, I will put links so people can can follow uh, along with what you're doing, and, and I encourage them to check you out. Yeah. But where can, why don't you sh- say this, where can people find you online? What's your Instagram handle, yep. website? Our Instagram is thedigs.co, so T-H-E-D-I-G-S dot co. Um, Facebook is just digsco. Um and then our website, I think your link is the digs-co.com. So digs-co. And it's yep. it's oftentimes people spell it with two Gs. It's one G, D-I-G-S. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Scott. I love your guys' program and I love, you know, your publications. And you guys are doing a big service for Washington natives. So, and thank non-natives. You. We try. Like me. And you, you got two more years. You'll, you'll be there. You know what? It's great for people like <laughs> me who weren't born here. So I, I love what you guys do. And you guys have been great to partner with in the past, too. Thanks. <laughs> Join us next time for another episode of the Exploring Washington State podcast.